Good day, everyone. Uh, my name is Stephen Roman. I'm the president and CEO of Global Atomic Corporation uh, here uh, in Cape Town with Matt Gordon. Stephen Roman in the house. Welcome. How are you? Very well. Yeah. Very well. Very good. Glad to see you here. But in, in, uh, a little bit of a cloud at the moment. Obviously, Turkey, Syria. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's a really unfortunate uh, thing that happened there a couple of days ago. Uh, not too far from our location, mm -hmm. um, and uh, of course our heart goes out to everybody in Turkey. Yeah, it was a sure. big, big quake, 7.8. Uh, luckily, uh, all of the people at our site are safe and sound. Mm -hmm. Our plant did not incur any damage. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe some slight uh, roof damage on one building, but uh, luckily the, the plant was undergoing a bit of a maintenance shutdown at the time, so it's very few people there. And, mm -hmm. uh, and since it's a new plant, I mean, constructed to the highest standards of uh, construction and earthquake uh, design, mm -hmm. it, it didn't sustain any damage. Okay, so people are okay. People are fine. Plant is okay. Plant is okay. In fact, it, it will be business as usual. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because okay. I think there's a little bit, a little bit of a sell-off. People are a little bit nervous, but oh yeah, no, no. And how could affect future revenue streams, etc. So you're yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know yet uh, about the local steel mills. How many of those were affected? Mm -hmm. So from an EAFD dust supply to the plant, uh, of course, we we accumulate from different mills across the country. So that's something we, we'll need to assess, but uh, for the moment, I mean, the main thing from our point of view is all of our employees are safe and sound. The plant is in, in good shape. Okay. I'm sure that story will unfold over the, over, over, over the, it will. Over the, over the coming weeks. And say, you know, everyone, if everyone's safe, then that's good news. Um, I think the investors will be kind of keen to see how it affects business. Does it delay anything? Does it affect anything coming up? But we'll, we'll stay in touch. Raised a bit of money. We did. A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Easy? Well, uh, you know what, Matthew? It, it was uh, very exciting because yeah. uh, we were oversold and we had to cut people back. Uh, clearly, the big funds that are out there now, I think people are realizing the uranium market is back. It's going to be here to stay. Reactor builds are, are, are accelerating at a, at a high rate around the world, SMRs. So uranium is the place to be, I think, and uh, it was clearly shown on our raise. And uh, of course, it's closing uh, on the 14th of uh, February. Right. Have Valentine's Day. That's it. Right. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's very exciting. Of course, we've been talking uh, for many interviews about the, the hole we needed to plug with yep. the bank financing. Yep. So uh, on a 60-40 debt equity deal, uh, we need we needed in what I've talked about is in the 50 to 60 US range. Mm -hmm. So that's really what we went out to, to, to do. And uh, of course, uh, with the excitement in the market, we were able to do more. Yeah. I mean, 100 Canadian is about 75, 70, right. 75 million US. So it's 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 along the lines that I've been talking about for yep. many many months. Uh, we looked at different options, potentially taking uh, another mezzanine type debt piece, but it started to get too complicated with intercreditor agreements, etc. So we thought, mm -hmm. you know what, keep it clean. The market was there. We had a lot of inbounds from funds interested in participating. 
So we, we wrapped it up and did what we did, and I think that's, that's it. There should be no further raises that we okay. need to do to get the project built. Okay. So this is the equity component along with what we've spent to date. Yeah. So we're, we're fully financed uh, from that point of view. Right now, the, the plan is to announce the, the debt component uh, by the end of the quarter. Okay. and have the paperwork all done by the end of, of Q2. Okay, L I want to just, let me just stick with the equity component bit though, because I think it's interesting for people to note, certainly people who have not yet invested in uranium or have only recently been looking at inv uh, investing into uranium, which is the movement into the space by funds who have not been anywhere near it for, for, for over a decade, you know. Um, not, I'm talking about gen generalist funds, I'm talking about large funds. I'm talking about funds from all over all over the world. They, we've seen these guys certainly approach us and certainly uh, invest into a few other uranium um, companies in a way that they wouldn't have even thought about two years ago. So what, what's what's changed? What, what, what's changed their mind? Well, I guess the the, the big thing that's changed their mind is uh, the fact that now nuclear has been adopted around the world as a clean source of reliable power. Mm. And, uh, you know, they've been watching the market. Of course, uh, there's been other big financings, uh, Yellowcake, PLC, uh, and others that have come recently to market. Um, SPUT, of course, the Sprott uh, Physical Uranium Trust has been out there buying. I think they're buying more right now. The, the, uh, yeah. the market, the price of uranium spot market has been holding very steady at around the $50 level. Now it's moving above $50 again. So it'll get to a point where all of a sudden it's going to start to really move higher. And that's typically what happens in uranium pricing is it'll go along for a while and then boom. And I think what the, the funds are anticipating is that that movement is going to be coming soon. Right, that's a, a step change in spot price to drive the equity prices. That's okay. it. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. I think that we talked about the EU taxonomy, uh, bringing the, the lexicon of nuclear into the conversation has been has been a kind of big mover with politicians in Europe and, and the US. Um, so so that, that's the that's the why bit. Let's get back to the deal. <coughs> okay, so the equity bit done. You're going to announce by end of, end, end of the Q1 the the debt element. So it's a lot of money. Give us a sense of where you're at now, what you're going to, where you're allocating that capital, like in terms of the, the, the build of the plant and how long that's going to take. Yeah, where, the when's uh, revenue. When's the revenue? The revenue should start as we we're still on schedule for completing the plant by the end of 2024 and starting the right. the revenue stream in 2025. Okay. So that's, that's where we're. No, that's not very far away. I mean, we will be starting now, probably in Q2 if not a bit sooner with uh, the uh, initial earthworks on site. So uh, initially in the crusher area of the plant, we'll be uh, doing the excavation, mm -hmm. doing pouring of the cement, etc. And we're just going to be moving through the whole process over the next 18 to 20 months and building out this plant. The mine is going well. I mean, the ramping has uh, begun. So we should be in ore in the next five months, let's say. So before the end of the year, we'll be into ore and uh, potentially even start shipping that material up the road, mm -hmm. which could bring in some early cash flow right. in 2024. So the, the debt component, people need to understand how hard it is to get debt because they move so slow. 
all the diligence, as far as they're concerned, is, is done. You're now discussing financial terms. So they're not worried about the technical. They're just saying, let's get the best deal for us and whatever security they need on various aspects and, and how that falls away over time. So that, that, that's where you're at at the moment. Yeah, basically, yes. Okay. I, we, we, uh, I was with the, the uh, final banking team uh, in January in Niger. Yeah. So that was, what, a couple of weeks ago? We've been in and out of Niger like crazy. <laughs> yeah. I go every month now. Are you buying a house there? Huh? <laughs> yeah, pretty soon. No, I've got my place up at the mine site. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. He's using an Elon Musk. He's sleeping on the floor at the office. No, 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 no. We have a nice accommodation at site. Yeah. Yeah, so no, it's been good. And uh, so, you know, we're buttoning up all of the little bits and pieces and coming up with the term sheet. Right. Final negotiations are underway. And right. So, so they've been, they, the debt financiers have been to site a couple of, a few times. Number, yeah. number of times, right. yeah. Them uh, and their consultants as yeah. well, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, what, what, what are you, can you give us any clue about what that kind of looks like? Because, like, you know, these are complicated things. They're like, it, it, it's, it's an agreement between two parties and it can be whatever you want it to be. But do you feel that you're going to come out of it with a, a deal that you want or that you've been forced into just to get things going? No, no, I think it'll be a very good deal for every everybody. Okay. Uh, EDC, of course, they're a big part of it. We've announced their name mm -hmm. and then another American bank. So uh, okay. it's, it's all financed from North America, which is great. Uh, the Americans have also announced uh, over so, 500. So Niger is investable as far as American banks are Ab concerned. Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't know if you heard, but we put out some news on it that that uh, America is spending 500 million to upgrade the infrastructure from Cotonou all the way to Niamey. Okay. So this is this Why? is uh, well, I think uh, there's a real good alignment with the U.S. and Niger. Because that's, that's important. It's right? important. That's really important because I tell you what, the, again, so little pieces coming out about, oh, Niger, Mali, it's, it's, no, it's no, a no. tricky place, right? So the, the French have moved out of Mali, the Russians have moved in, but Niger, American base there, obviously. Big American base, big investable. French presence as okay. well, very investable. Yeah. And uh, they've been doing a, a, quite a bit of a discussion and promotion uh, with uh, North American politicians. Okay. And, Canadian, American, and there's all those uranium British companies that they must be interested in. <laughs> uranium companies are looking pretty good these days. Yeah. But uh, no, no, it's very investable, and uh, you know we're having a big delegation from the Mines Ministry coming to the PDAC, the Prospectors yeah. and Developers Convention. So the mm -hmm. Mines Minister's yeah. coming. There's an entourage coming. There's going to be a presentation of of all the, the uh, mining companies that are in Niger, that are investing in Niger, yeah. how the projects are progressing. So it's, it's so, all very positive. So they're all, they're all in-country components, licenses, mines, uh, uh, the, the, the actual um, mine a area itself, the per uh, permitting, all that kind of in-country stuff you're not concerned about. Because if you, one of the ministers here? At, um, at the entire by one-to-one? -one? Uh, I, I haven't seen the okay, minister, okay, okay. no. But you're, you're saying, we can park that up. I'm 100% focused on the build now. That's the, th the only thing, the long pole in the tent, as it were. Well, I mean, the, the, the completing the, the debt component and the yeah. build. Right. Right? 
And we've raised the equity. Now we're going to continue because we have to spend our equity before we can draw down on debt. Mm. That's the way it works. So we're going to we're basically going to build out that whole mine, start the plant construction, yeah. Yeah. start the cash flow going from the mine, continue the construction, finish off that, and start shipping to utilities. So you've done that. You, there's, there's a couple of con contracts out. Yes. So talk to me about term contracting conversations because <clears throat> people are always fascinated by that. And give as you move along that curve, the utilities get super interested because you're saying end, end of 2024 we're built. We're, we're we may have extracted some more well before then, but we are now a real producer again in 2025. Are there any more conversations to be had? As are you here talking to any? The utilities like here not so much at Indaba. Right. So in Daba, it's uh, investors, right. uh, suppliers, right. meeting with uh, companies that supply potentially our operation. Mm. Um, so there, there's a lot of tradespeople here mm. that are very keen on supporting the project. Right. But tell me about conversations with, with utilities, because I say there's been a few kind of headline term contracts announced by various companies and stuff. And you say, well, clearly that's how you get your funding in place. You've managed to get your funding in place. You're kind of done from that perspective. So in a way, do the utility conversations take a back seat for now? In which case, when do you need No, to no. The utilities, I think that'll start ramping up once we announce our, our debt. debt component. Got it. Okay. So they've told us this already. We have a number of them that we're talking to. They said once the whole project uh, has been put together from a financing point of view, I'll know you're real, yeah, okay. and we can continue with our negotiation and put something together on additional contracts. And talking of that, so I'm a bit flippant about saying, you know, we know you're real, but the reality <coughs> is there's a lot of companies sort of entering the development phase who perhaps will struggle to, at one, get the funding, attract the funding, and certainly at a cost, which kind of makes the project economic. Um, and possibly, you know, in terms of the know-how, is you know that, that can delay things as well. How do you build the, these these things, right? So, you, your sense of the supply side of the story in, into markets, you know, your conversation with the utilities, to are they saying to you, or do you feel that there'll be kind of less supply coming into market than people actually think? Um, what does that do to to cut you know price of um, uranium? I mean, got a got views on that. My view is that uranium prices are going to start moving up, right. same as they did in 2007, mm. and then later in 2010, 2011, prior to Fukushima. Um, and it's, it's the usual cycle with uranium. The big difference here, Matthew, mm. is that there's never been a time in history where nuclear power has meant so much to so many people around the planet. Mm -hmm. And you know it was it was a it was a power source. Mm. Uh, you know it provided ten percent of the world supply. But now, if we move to twenty or thirty percent of the power of the planet coming from nuclear, there's just not enough uranium out there to supply that. Right. So and there's been no investment in the in the market for ten years, except for a few dogged people. Yeah. <laughs> that have sort of kept their projects moving. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be very positive for the price. Yeah, no, I, no, I understand that. But I, I just wondered if there's a sort of sense of, or understanding of the kind of squeeze that could come 
from su expected supply, which doesn't actually reach the market, right? So, you know, if you look at you know the the, the two trade bodies in the Iranian, you know, they're they're saying in 2024 is the moment where it gets pretty hairy in terms of supply demand fundamentals. Is there a crossover at that point? Well, you know what, I, I really don't worry about that too much because we're a, a high-grade, very large high-grade project and our costs of production are very low. Mm. So we're bottom quartile costs. Well, well, it's, it's and that. you know, it's nice that the market is, is thinking, oh, well, the price is going to go up, the price is going to go up. Well, it will eventually. It's a supply and demand situation. But it's not something that I worry about. Well, you, you don't because you're in the lowest quartile. But there's a, there's, a, there's a conversation that goes on with the um, uranium CEOs, which the gold CEO said to me, I go, you're nuts, which is, don't worry about it. The price of our commodity is going to be 30%, 50%, 100% higher than it is today uh, by the time we get into production. You're like, okay. But it's, it's, a, it's a very different. I set never of make those but, kinds of predictions. I know you don't, but I'm saying that they, if, if a lot do and a lot need to to kind of make the. Well, sure. Work. I mean, some some companies that are sort of on a fringe level based on the price of their commodity, mm. they they have to sort of talk it up a little bit. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know, and and the fact that uranium is something that is critical. It's a strategic metal that needs to be used to generate That's power. That's the difference. I mean, gold, everybody I know, you talk to the gold pundits out there, and we know, we know a few of them. <laughs> uh, you know, oh yeah, gold's yeah. going to be 5,000, 10,000. Well, it's, it's, it's not going to happen yeah. because, you know, there'll be some, some other issue. There's, there's, there's a different set of equations. But here and I never talked. I, I'm not going to say, oh, uranium's going to be $200 a pound in three years. I mean, that's just crazy. You don't need to. You lowest quartile, cost quartile, <laughs> that's right? That's it. But here's the question you do need to answer. It was the, the eternal debate between Athabasca uranium companies and everyone else. High grade, low grade. Now, you, I think you just referenced the word margin high margin high it's margin not grade it's margin focus on the dollars not the percent that's it right because uh, our project i mean it is the largest highest grade uranium deposit in africa right uh but that's easily dismissed by the athabasca guys going, well sure oh, oh yeah that, well, yeah but that's gonna, correct but they have very fantastic deposits in athabasca right you got to permit them, mm -hmm. which can take 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Uh, at Denison, when I was there, we had one of our projects took 30 years to permit. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's so, tough. So, but, but I think the point that I, I want to kind of you address is when you say high margin, because that's the important bit here. How much money do you make? So there's a whole bunch of variables other than grade which are important. So shallow, low OPEX, um, low, low cost in terms of the, the, the staffing, skilled staffing, et cetera, infrastructure, all, all of those wonderful things that you could probably do a list of about 30 different things. Those are the things which drive the economics, drive the margin. So grade is a conversation that you, you're happy to, to have then, I suspect. No, I mean, it's, it's fabulous that we have very good grade here and the margins are, are good. And based on, you know, we did our feasibility study at $35 a pound. I don't think any other uranium company did that out there. Uh, and at $50 a pound or $60 a pound, it, you know, that, I mean, you're just, 
your costs are covered. At 35, you're already making money. Mm. So at 50, all that goes to the bottom line. It all goes to the shareholders in better share value, dividends that could be paid by the company at that point. I mean, uh, it's, you know, we're going to be in production before many Athabasca projects are even permitted, let alone financed and built. So it's pretty exciting. It is pretty exciting. And like, and like I hope everything works out in Turkey for, you know, yes, no, the whole region. Our heart goes out to everybody Absolutely. in Turkey. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a country that's been hit with some bad quakes in, in history. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, as you say, the story is going to come out on what the damage is and what the, the toll on people are, is there. But I'm, I'm very happy that our operation was not affected.